0: Good day, and welcome to episode redden of the Unparalleled Success Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Woods. I am a radio broadcasting student at Algonquin College, and I am also a huge fan of a hockey team that goes by the name of the Ottawa Senators. Since I've started following hockey and become a Sens fan, there were always very few people that I knew from my hometown who were as invested in hockey and the Ottawa Senators as myself that I knew of anyway, especially considering it's a very small town with a population of about 5,000 people, so there aren't many people to begin with, but the first person I bonded with over hockey, and I would always go to for hockey discussions with after a big trade or a big game, and they were certainly as invested as I was, if not more, that is my guest today, Chris Hart. Chris also has got some uh, some music going on. He's got some projects out on Apple Music and Spotify under the name Heartman. He released his first album last year called Lost Files. Some fire tracks on there. He absolutely goes off in the third track, I believe it is. It's called Pool of Sands. So you definitely want to check that one out. So I'm very grateful for him coming on the podcast today. So we're going to get to him in a minute or so i just wanted to go over a few things before we start today as i'm broadcasting from home obviously with covid 19 i hope everybody that has the time to listen to this uh, is doing all right it's so tough right now but uh you know i find helping me out i've been getting out of the house going for bike rides you know social distancing of course but uh i hope that this podcast that I record today with Hartman. If you have the time to listen to it, at least distracts you from what's going on for a few minutes and you can really have some of your favorite Senator's memories as Hartman and I discuss our favorite Senator's memories. I recently got a microphone. It just came in the mail a few days ago. I had recorded the previous five episodes of the podcast at the radio station at Algonquin College, so I wanted to keep the podcast going from home because who knows how long this is going to go on for. It's already been two months since the last episode, CC with Brandon Mackey, so I wanted to get back into this. It was uh, now that I'm done school for the year, I just wrote my last exam last Friday, and I got all my grades in now, so I'm very happy with how my first year of college went. I had a lot of great opportunities including broadcasting for the CCHL, I did a lot of Nepean Raiders games, I did one game for the Smith Falls Bears on your TV, and I really improved as the year went on, so I'm hoping to keep it improving by keeping busy with the microphone I got in the summer by recording more podcasts and working on my audio production skills on that side of things as well. Speaking of audio production, I have produced a theme song for the podcast. And before any of you hear it, I want to say that uh, as much as I would love to take credit for stealing the idea of parody- parodying a Billy Joel song from the Chet and Luke podcast, which was one of my favorite podcasts, and of course they had the their theme song, which was a parody of Billy Joel... I think it's scenes from an Italian restaurant I want to say, I'm just going to double check on that, the name Uh, but of course that is what it's called, it's Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, and they had that as their theme song which I thought was hilarious but uh, I've always loved the idea of uh, doing a cover or a parody of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire, but instead of the historical and political figures that he names and lists off in the song, I'm just going to bat off some some of my favorite SENS players of all time, some of the most important players, or some of the most uh, scrutinized players as well in the history of the SENS organizations, and I'll, I'll have a few SENS references in there as well. Throughout. So I produced that using the new microphone, I'm really excited. Of course, I get this. Believe it or not, I am not a singer, However, I made this for fun, so as bad as it is, it's pretty fun to listen to, and I hope you guys have as much fun listening to it from now on as the intro for the podcast, as I had fun making it. So, with that being said, let's get on with it with the theme song making its debut, and we'll be right back with Heartman on episode Redden of the Unparalleled Success Podcast. Alexi Yashin, Chris Phillips, Bob Geddes, Mallet, Mike Fisher, Marion Hosa, Martin Havlat, Pizza Line, Ray Emery, Brian Murray, Reddin, Lee Cowan, Smith, Neil, Fat by God, Walrus, Chara, Heatley, Alfie all left the team. Andrew Hammond, Kyle Turcotte, Benoit, Double D on Mark Stone, Carlson, Matt Duchesne to single, Hogberg, Shapata, Chuck, unparalleled success. We didn't start the rebuild. It was always brewing since 2009 We didn't start the rebuild No, we didn't start it But this time we've got it
1: Yeah, so right now I got a, a lot of music I'm working on I'm going under the hip-hop name, Heartman I got a project out uh, called Lost Files, though on platforms And right now i just kind of keep busy Working on a new project and some video things And uh, yeah, in quarantine right now It's kind of locking away and uh, yeah, just got the home studio set up I'm working on that But expect some videos soon
0: And I don't know, that, man just Live a life That's exciting I can't wait to see what you put out So yeah, one yeah. Of my One of my first questions for you is How long have you been a Senators fan? And what If there is any one memory that stands out That you re- remember making you fall in love with hockey Yeah,
1: so this one was a very interesting question So I'm diving back to my uh, My memory here And In grade four, I remember being in Port Elgin. I think the year before that, I started becoming a sense fan. So I'm thinking around grade three, I started becoming a sense fan. A big thing for me was just my birthday. My dad out of the blue—I don't think I watched the game yet. He just uh, had a ticket for a sense game and went to see them play the Capitals. We lost three-one, but after that, I was just like, man, the uh, the energy up there. I think we were in like 200s and 300s, but it was still a very uh, very good experience. I'll never forget that I I just can't stand after that You know Jumped around the bandwagon I'm not sure how fast It was moving then But I don't think I watched the game actually Until the following year And he took me again For my birthday So when you're really Little like that though, You don't
0: really watch TV as much You just kind of Go when you go live Absolutely And you say like Grade 3 or grade 4 And I think that was around 2008 if I recall correctly And Ottawa was still like Near the top of the league In attendance back then So I can imagine The crowd and the atmosphere Getting somebody Hooked on that
1: Oh yeah Absolutely, man. That was um, Alexander Ovection. My uncle and cousin are big Washington fans. So that game was uh, really exciting for me to go see Ovechkin play that, too.
0: And, of course, you don't ho- watch Hockey quite as much as you used to. So I was wondering if we would get into the, some of the reasons that you don't watch it as frequently as you did back then.
1: Yeah, man, I think that's... Um, I was thinking of that, too, recently. I don't think it's anything to do with hockey itself. I don't think there's any change in the game that was played or... I ended bitter with it. And I just think there's been a bit of switch in my life where I really started focusing on music more. And I didn't have as much time to um, really focus on football, hockey, UFC, basketball. And I think I kind of leaned towards when I did have that spare time more of the uh, the fast pace of basketball, the excitement of the fight, and not as much that trap kind of hockey style. But yeah, I think it was just I just kind of ran out of time to follow as many sports. I just kind of really dove down to the other ones. I had a good run though I do think of that sometimes Going back and watching But uh, It's a time thing Now it's a lot of time Of course There's no sports to watch So it's a, it's a battle
0: Absolutely And with t- today being episode 6 We're calling it episode Redden Obviously Wade Redden One of the best Senators defensemen of all time And he wore number 6 for his tenure So I asked you I don't know if you had the chance To fill out your top 6 favorite Senators of all time But we're going to have some fun here Counting them yes. down I'm super excited for this one I
1: imagine when we would always do the list Back in the day of Hockey players and wrestlers and stuff I got some names down here I'm excited to see what you come up with A little old and new But do you want to go first Or do you want me to
0: kick it off Yeah I'll go first And then you can go second And then like save the best for last Because I'm interested to hear What you have to say Got the big mix of all the eras Alright so my number six Is a guy who's had so many Ups and downs in his time with Ottawa We're going with Bobby Ryan Oh that's a good one I wanted to give a shout out to to Ryan because I I considered giving him the title of episode six, but I wanted to honor having uh, Brandon Mackey on for episode five. He said that going with Redden was a no brainer. So I stuck with his suggestion and named it episode Redden, but Bobby Ryan, also a good player who wore number six. And of course, coming back from uh, the NHL substance abuse assistance program this year and scoring that hat trick was just such an emotional moment this season and his uh, even, Go ahead I
1: was gonna say, Even for me man when I was uh, when I saw a moment this year when he came back with that trick, like, I had goosebumps I think Bobby Ryan holds so deep in a lot of sense because of that obviously when the Alverson thing went down he was kind of uh, the piece to come back for us I don't know I think that holds deeply when we lost a big piece he was kind of to fill the void and I don't think he ever obviously lived up to that but uh, definitely a good one to have in your
0: top six And of course everything he's done off the ice with the chio suite that he has that he like as soon as he signed that big contract he bought the bobby ryan's all-star suite for his entire duration of his contract and he's always oh wow been nice for people in the community and his performance in the 2017 playoff scoring like those game winners so i'm happy to yeah. put bobby ryan in the in the top six anyway who do, who do you have starting off your list
1: i have um this player was very big. I think it was Craig Anderson, man. I think uh, I'll never forget where I was when that trade happened with Colorado. He came back. And I think we called on the phone or you text on Facebook of excitement. And just so many stories, man. it's only ups and downs with Anderson. Not really ups and downs, but uh, just a long kind of tenure. I have a number six. A lot of fun memories with him. Um, the Hamburger Face for sure with Andrew Hammond, and then hey, he kind of everyone. I'm in my mind. I didn't know if Andrew Hammond was gonna be the face of the Golden. You know, I didn't know if he was gonna take over the spot. So just to kind of see Anderson kind of, goalies came and went, he kind of just stood his ground ever since he came, and I think I had to put Anderson at number six for me.
0: Absolutely, I've got him a little bit higher on my list, but uh, I'll talk about him now just to like stick with the theme, and then like we can just slide.
1: One thing I should say, I didn't focus in the
0: order as much as maybe I should have, but yeah, continue. Not a problem You know It's not as much About the order As it is just Remembering some of The better moments Of their careers Yeah but uh, For Anderson As you mentioned Hammond for one And of course There were other goalies Like It's hard to believe That it's been almost 10 years, it's been nine years now since Anderson came to Ottawa, and there's been so many backup goalies like Ben Bishop, Robin Leonard, Andrew Hammond, oh, yeah. Mike Condon now, who have all you've always thought, hmm, is this the one that's like, it's going to be time for Anderson to go, and sure there were some mistakes made along the way, would have loved to have Robin Leonard right now for the future, but Anderson has always been the backbone of this team and it's it's easy to overlook the contributions of a goaltender because they don't get the goals or the assists or the points but the wins and how Anderson has been steady a steady presence for the Sens for so long yeah
1: that's a good way to play he's always just been so steady he's always been always been some guys he gets a little shaky but if you look at his stats every one of his seasons it's always just a very solid solid stat line
0: Mm-hmm. and of course we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about his future moving on later. He's almost 39 now and is it time for him to move on? So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. I like to get those teases in. Yes sir. Absolutely. So moving on to number 5 for my list is Clark MacArthur, another player oh. who's battled some uh, injuries and unfortunately his career had to end the way it did, but when you think of Clark MacArthur in his short time in Ottawa, what an impact he had! Absolutely. In the. I think
1: um, so tough too, man. So so tough.
0: And of course, today the anniversary of uh, his overtime series winner against the Bruins. So anytime a player scores an overtime winner in the playoffs to eliminate another team, you gotta you gotta have him on the list.
1: Oh, man. and um, i kind of trying to blank that. He had a lot—not a lot, but like, quite a serious head injuries. There, right? Is he back? To, is he playing still? Is he still—is his head okay? Or did he retire? Or whatever happened
0: with that? Uh, he never officially retired, but he was uh, involved. In the 2017 playoffs He made the miraculous comeback And I was at game 2 against Boston Where he tied the game in the second period And that was his first goal In over 2 calendar years So that was one of the most emotional goals I've ever seen But he hasn't yeah. hasn't played Since the end of the 2017 playoffs So he's done now But uh, what a way to go out Having that performance in the playoffs Absolutely
1: And to be able to bounce back With that many injuries and continue It's one of the things you can't do It's not like a broken leg or arm
0: the brain's very sensitive. I, I, yeah, the Respect for Clark. Right on. Who do you have at number five, brother?
1: Ah, this one's tough. Then. I was going through these players, but a name that stuck out to me. Old Kyle Turris. I was looking back at that David Rumblad trade, and I just um, it always helped. Out. Like he always, always was good to me. I understand his seasons weren't the best sometimes, like only twenty goals. But I thought he was always a consistent goal scorer. And one of those guys, or when he was on, like when he was playing to his full potential. He's a very exciting goal scorer to watch, a streaky forward. And at the time when he came to us, I like, did not really have that, I thought. I thought we kind of lacked just a pure goal scorer who could take a shot in the side wing and go top shelf. But, um, yeah, I think there's just that trade too. And Mike Fisher left, we got the draft picks, and then we sent a couple second rounders and run blind for Kral Terrace. And I think he had a good run. So for me, I had to put him in there in my top six, just because he was very active in a lot of the years I was really involved
0: with it. Of course Going up to number four for myself We've got uh, number nine Milan McCulloch Oh man I forgot about that Any big memories come to mind When you think of Millie? But he sure. was like um, Man Not like right away But he was just always there I can't I forgot about him He
1: was always there Like a second or first line of How many seasons did he play?
0: He came came over in the Heatley trade in '09, and he actually stayed until the Dion Phaneuf trade in 2016, oh, right. so he had a, a good seven-year run with us.
1: Absolutely. He was just very, very consistent. He was one of those players, too, man. When he was on, he was really good. You know what I mean? Like He wasn't as consistent, but when he played really good, he was just very fun to watch. No memories come right away, but definitely a consistent part of the team for years.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite parts about Milan McCulloch And it's so irrelevant to the player But I always loved the way that Stu Schwartz Announced his name when he scored He would just drag out the Milan McCulloch so much That whenever he scored I loved hearing his name announced So that's really a weird piece of trivia for me But you gotta love oh, it No, I know you mean that
1: It's those, um, those four names just like Timu Solani That one of uh, take Jets uh, announced it Timu Solani Yeah, I know you mean that For sure uh, I try to
0: It's too bad about him Because I was watching The 2010 Playoff game One against Pittsburgh The other day And He scored 35 goals In 2012 And it's It's easy to think about What could have been for him If it weren't for those Terrible knee injuries That he had Oh I know Like look at
1: those Yeah You get a knee injury At any age It's very tough to come back Let alone kind of The latter stages the year But you're right He was very active very active I was looking back at his rookie year and the amount of goals he scored then I'm forgetting the number but no one's ever going to beat that like he's going to have that that statistic for, for life probably I think it's like in the 70s in his career, first year
0: yeah for Solani 76 in his, yeah. his rookie season yeah oh,
1: tremendous yeah so
0: tremendous. who's who's your number four
1: number four I gotta go with uh, brother Mark Stone I think um I think he was a very, very big part of the time when I was watching that Immaculate comeback or kind of almost eliminated from the playoff contention and we stormed all the way back. He's just the like the hockey player's hockey player, you know what I mean? He's gritty, goes to the net, finishes hard, hands in, he can shoot, he does everything, dude. Especially when I was watching him, he was a very, very just good all over the ice team player. I really wish he could have stuck it out longer, but it's nice seeing him ball out in Las Vegas, man. Get paid, get the money he deserves. A striving fan base out there So, um, yeah, good for him I got, I got Mark
0: my number four Of course, Mark Stone, one of my favorites as well So I'll talk about him a little bit later on And, uh, yeah, I just love Mark Stone I remember how hyped both of us were When he made his debut in the 2012 playoffs in Game 5 And, of course, got the assist on the big game-winning goal by Spezza Yeah a huge moment in that series to put us up three-two. It's too bad we couldn't close that one out. But gotta love Mark Stone. Was he a free agent or was it part of a trade? It was uh, hilarious. We traded Alex salt to the Dallas Stars for a sixth-round pick, and we chose Mark Stone with a sixth-round pick.
1: Oh, nice. Sorry, I was referring to um, like when he left to um, the Vegas. Did okay. we allow him to leave In
0: free agency or Did we ship him off We left him right? he, he took the contract or- uh, I was a sign in trade So at the same time Like we We got A a pretty good return not enough probably in hindsight but eric brandstrom was the number one touted prospect in the league he was like the number one defense prospect and he played in 26 games for us this year he's still only 20 years old and he got the one assist but uh, there's obviously a bright future ahead for brandstrom it's just when you have such a for sure thing in mark stone to go like for brandstrom Oscar Lindbergh Who played like 20 games for us And booked it for Europe In the offseason Last year And a second round pick For Mark Stone That's It's tough to see Such a good player Like Stone Go in a trade for that But at least we did not Lose him for nothing Yeah that's fair
1: I'm just trying to remember The last time The situation With a kind of player like that Like we just didn't sign Other than Bobby Ryan Which didn't <laughs> out Too good
0: But um, Yeah man yeah, we've Definitely been. Would like that, out We've been good at at least uh, not losing our assets for nothing. Obviously, there's been some bad yeah. asset management, but since since Chara, like Chara, was the only one that left for absolutely nothing in free agency that I can recall. So, no, that's,
1: fair. that's yeah. fair. we always do some kind of trade with
0: it. Yeah. All right. At number three, I've got Anderson. We've already talked about Anderson, so I'll throw it over f- to you for your number three.
1: Mine was uh, Eric Carlson. I uh, really, really enjoyed Eric Carlson, watched him every game. Just one of those players that, um, as I said, when he's playing at the top of his level, it's just special to watch. You rarely see kind of ability like that from a defensive player, bleeding out some points in one year, I'm forgetting, he had like 66. Um, I, I really like watching Eric Carlson play, playmaker, you could score, get back on defense. Um, Good run. I didn't like. If you go back and look how long he played for us, like a good run. He signed that seven-year deal. Was underpaid. Played it out. Balled out. I would have liked us to extend him, but obviously, like he sent that deal. We didn't. Uh, every time we've always got lots of assets back. But when he was playing for us, very big fan of Eric Carlson. Obviously, a couple of injuries now with the Sharks. as the transferred over as well. But uh, in terms of Senators, I would have half down my top
0: three. Yeah, it's amazing how at the time of the trade, everybody was so sad that we had to move on from our franchise player. And if he had of played his entire year career healthy, he would have been the greatest Ottawa senator of all time, one of the greatest defensemen of all time. And it's yeah. funny how big of a 180 it's been. Like, the trade was only two years ago, and now Carlson with the huge contract in San Jose at $11.5 million for eight years. And he's just been so held back by injuries that... Sense fans now think Gee Maybe we Came out on top In that deal
1: Absolutely Yeah right? I, it was I remember when that deal Went down I was very frustrated With it But now looking back At you right man You can't help but say Maybe we got it on top of that one I uh Or we did I think we did Absolutely Especially if you look At the money That he was gonna get I thought at the time He deserved it But you don't know That he's gonna get into the next couple of years Right so uh, We played it right And um yeah, I hope he gets healthy. Man, I hope he finishes up strong in the
0: Starts. I would love to see him finish his career strong, and maybe even one day have his number retired in Ottawa as like a peacemaking gesture by whoever is involved in the management. Then, like however many years it will be from now, but a lot of people will still call Carlson their favorite senator of all time. So it would be good to Absolutely. to see that happen one day. All right. No, I agree. Number two on my list Here we go You, you knew it was coming Daniel Alfredson oh. Legend, legend, legend Yeah, when uh, I was at his uh, jersey retirement game When that happened I have two Alfredson jerseys He's one of two Sens players That I have a duplicate jersey of Just uh, no explanation needed For having Alfredson on your list He's just, he's just Alfie
1: I think we went to a game was that not what the school was retirement game? Yeah, I we guess the, uh, I think I was there. I could be wrong, Mr. Jenkins, I then organizing I'm like, Oh the Wings. that would be clutch and then we remembered, Oh wait, Daniel Alfredson's on that game. And then it got
0: even better. It's, oh, it's his retirement game. So this is a tremendous field trip. Yeah. It's crazy to say like that we went on a school field trip to Daniel Alfredson announcing his retirement.
1: Yeah, it's just funny how quickly that ship escalated from I mean, the average Red Wings game until then the, the uh, like the return of that Albertson to the like the retirement of it. It was pretty pretty interesting. No, Daniel Officer for me. I have them uh number two as well, then. I have him uh, at number two. I um definitely how do you looking back on Would you like to see him handle the departure a little differently, or do you think when he left the Senators that was the proper time?
0: I would have definitely liked to have seen him finish his career as a senator. It, that was really one of the starting points for the downward spiral that we went with uh, losing key members of the team, of course. He only had the one year left in Detroit, but just to be able to say that he spent his entire career in Ottawa would have been huge for the city. And I remember crying the day because I was only like 13, 14 years old when he signed the contract with Detroit. It was very emotional. And for him to have finished his career as a senator, that would have been ideal for me.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I think that's what I was referring to a little earlier with the Bobby Ryan trade. I think so many Sense fans were just so down the dub that day with the news of the trade. I started the signing and the going to Detroit. When Bobby Ryan got announced he was coming over, I think that's why a lot of people became super fans But no, I agree, man. It's just so tough especially when you consider it wasn't even like a two or three year run he had in Detroit. I thing it was just one season. Mm-hmm. We couldn't have just given him whatever he wanted. Put him on top of the castle for one more year. I uh, stopped and Obviously, you don't know what was the reason for it, or you're not in those meetings, but I definitely would like to see a fish as a.
0: Yeah, and especially the timing that that went down in 2013. Like, that was the last time we made the playoffs back-to-back seasons. We had beat Montreal in the first round and lost to Pittsburgh in the second round. And, of course, we had the big comeback win in Game 3 to avoid going down 3-0. And Alfie tied the game with 27 seconds left or something like that with a shorthanded goal. So that's my last big... Uh, Alfie memory But the timing of that When the team was at It's peak point Like for the last 13 years Like making playoffs Back to back seasons And then To have him go That was a tough blow Because I thought We were turning the curve And we were going to be Competing for the next Few seasons And then He left and we missed The playoffs the next year So that was tough No
1: I agree I agree Especially to See him go Like for nothing In free agency Just sneaky Detroit team In the same um, Same conference Is tough I uh yeah, doesn't make any sense. Okay. That's a very good point. Back to back playoff trips. Um, yeah, I think we're both in agreement with that one. I'd like to see him uh, end up as a senator.
0: All right, we get the drum roll here for number one.
1: All right, so this one, are you going for the first or you want me you to
0: finish it? I'll, I'll go with mine first, because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've we've already touched on uh, Mark Stone, and it's not a huge surprise for anyone that knows me that Mark's going to be number one. Obviously, I've got his Vegas jersey. When he got traded, I watched every Vegas game down the stretch last year and into the playoffs, and he's just such a great competitor. Competitor. That's what I loved about him was that he always gave it hundred and ten percent on every shift, whether we were in the playoffs or whether we were losing five one in a season in like March when we were already eliminated from the playoffs. He just cared so much and he loved the game of hockey that that's what I loved the most about him. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You block a shot in the night
1: for up five nothing or down five nothing. Yeah, hockey player is hockey player, man. Mark's
0: What do you think
1: it was? When did you first, like, obviously we were both a fan with other, like, early when he first started coming
0: to us. When did you really start turning the page? You're like, okay, this is my favorite player. Honestly, when he made his debut in Game Five against the Rangers, I don't have a clue why, but I saw his face and I said, this guy is beautiful. And then he goes out and gets the assist on the game-winning goal. So of course, he was I picked him then so when it, when he started to play in the NHL and he started to do really really well it was not a hard choice at all like I bought his jersey actually on the day we went to the field trip which was December 4th 2014 I think or yeah December 4th 2014 when he announced his retirement at the Alfie game so I bought Mark Stone's jersey there when he was only in his rookie season as well
1: Nice. Ah, that's a good cop, man. It's always great when you buy a jersey at the arena. I remember the first time I we went to a game with my dad that I watched and what, we had no idea, like, the jerseys are so expensive there. And we went in to get a jersey. We got to sure pick one out. And we get to the counter, and they're like, 200-something dollars. And he's just like, what? But then I had that look on my face. Like, we got to get this. We got to fire That's one of my favorite memories in a sense game for sure. Tell him about getting it at the arena and it's ordered online. Get that memory of the game attached to it.
0: 1000% And now I'm very excited To find out Who you have at Number one Because I was thinking It would be either Carlson or Alfredson So now it's sort of Like a, a mystery for me I honestly Don't know who you're Going to throw in there But uh, give it to us
1: I like it, so yeah, it Catch off a lot of people off guard But I think what I say You'll definitely know it uh, Chris Neal Nealer I um, Never forget My first few games I went there It was very earlier And this was right after We had that run Against the N.I. Ducks uh, Neil, man, just was one of the last guys in that team that stuck around for us, every single play he would drop, not sorry, not every play, but every single play would be giving 100%. If a guy jumped somebody, he would drop his gloves and go in, and I remember as much as I love the skill and the scoring, my very first game being a young kid, just seeing him charge it of action, see him just but everything out there, not being the most skilled, but be able to still keep up and to still stick up to the players. I just really, really enjoyed to see it, especially for me. I came hockey late, so I didn't really have as many skills as the other guys when I first started playing. So to kind of look at that gritty grinder, I think it was really inspiring for me when I was young. And just, um, yeah, man, like a basketball. I, mean, I think of players off the uh, vintage goals, it's probably Rodman. Like, he wasn't the flashiest scorer, but he was just the grinding guy. Just kind of when shit went down, he was always there to hold forth. Yeah, Chris Neal for me, for sure, man. Oh, it was also in the Jumbotron, my first game, I'll never forget. Um, some, They had this compl- like a compilation of all his fights in that season, and he was just wrecking guys. I remember being a little, like, this, guy, this guy's tremendous. So, Chris Neal for me. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not saying he's the most talented center of all time. People don't attack me. You know, i for me, I just really enjoyed his game. It was fun to watch.
0: I can see how you would definitely have him in there And as you say, like even though he was known as a tough guy He had some crazy moments Like scoring goals at big times Like the 2012 overtime winner against the Rangers in Game 2 That was one of my favorite games of all time Because it just started out with Matt Karkner Pummeling Brian Boyle in the corner And then Neil, Neil fought Boyle again a few shifts later And then it was great to see After Boyle scored a goal in the third period I was just like Ah Not this guy And then Of course we tie it up And Neil gets the overtime winner To uh, get some sweet revenge So Awesome moment for Neil
1: Yeah I think that's the big key for Neil Is as much as he was good grinding And as good as he was physically He could hold his own with the puck I'm not saying he's any uh, I'm not saying he's a Superstar with it But uh, I think he can definitely Hold his own He wouldn't turn it over a lot Like he could very good Defensively get it out On the breakout um, Yeah man I, I agree
0: Sweet, so that was fun going over the top six players for us in uh, episode redden. Next up, I've got some questions about the NHL and the Ottawa Senators today. Are you down for that?
1: I love it, yeah, man.
0: Right on. With the NHL season on lockdown, what scenario do you see for the league finishing the 2019-20 season, if any?
1: Yeah, man, this is a tough, tough one because I just think it's how do I put it? I watch a lot of sports shows, and I see a lot of reporters talking, sharing their theories on how it's going to go down. Some are super confident. Some are super pessimistic. I think it's just we no one has a clue. So to pretend like we know, I think it's very, very tough. I think I kind of hard time when people talk about the season returning because I think when you break it down, like, how is it going to? Hockey, how many players are on one team alone? You have all your players, you have your backup goal, you have your assistant coaches, you have your trainers, you have your doctors, your medics. On one team alone, you're two or three times 10 people capacity for one state, right? So even if we did no crowd, you wouldn't even be able to get one team in one area. Um, you now have players kind of popping up and getting tested. Obviously, hockey hasn't been as bad as other sports. They're testing. I hope we see a recovery. I really do hope. People need sports, man, especially hockey in Canada. It's very true to a lot of people. But I think it'll be irresponsible to me kind of... Sh- Talk about a world rebuilding tournament As right now, in any lot you look at, you're not going to get a hockey, one hockey team in any area. Um, with that said, like Florida announced that sport is an essential service, it's essential service. So you look at that, and maybe they do a situation where every team is split up into hotel rooms or something, and they play out of one arena. I don't, I don't see it happening. Man. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those seasons where we just kind of block out the end, and when the world gets back to normal, we can think about it then. But for me, for I look at for me is for my music, I do like little shows. Like I'm not doing arenas by enemies, I'm just doing little bars and little pubs, little, little crowds. And I'm not even gonna be able to do that until probably like 2021. So they're then talking about like a stadium or like a full lineup of multiple teams. I think it's tough, I think it's tough. But I hope that, I really, really hope we'll get it together.
0: I agree with you on the optimism And the selfish sports fan of me says Hey, imagine having playoff hockey to watch Even if there's no fans But you know the players are going to give everything they've got Playing for the Stanley Cup So if we've got playoff hockey in June and August In the summer Like you go out for a jog in the afternoon Maybe for a a rip on the St. Lawrence River Or just, you know, do whatever you want to do On a beautiful summer day And then come home and have a beer And watch playoff hockey in the summer Something we've never been able to do before So the selfish sports fan of me says yeah, let's do that. But the reasoning in me says that the logistics behind it, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't happen. happen. Yeah. And I would understand that too. Imagine like if we do the season before like next season, there would be no off season for the players. Somebody gets hurt and then they, they lose their entire 2020, 2021 season. So you, you would hate to see that happen. And if like, especially right now, nobody knows what's going on with COVID-19. Like it would be very irresponsible for us to go ahead and say just for the sake of sports for them to play Bring these things, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I think it's interesting. Like, to know, like the ones that are kind of being the front runners is just golf, tennis, and mixed martial arts because they're not teams, right? And they're summer sports. You have year round, except they got a lot of the best coming up here. And you're looking at the Masters getting canceled. And you're looking at tennis being canceled. I mean, those are very tennis. You're on opposite sides of the court, man. You're hitting a ball with rackets, There's not human much human contact. But like, once again, if you get talking about numbers and do a head count of doctors, trainers, staff, players, if golf and tennis aren't getting passed, I really don't think we're going to be seeing players sweating on each other, body checking each other, you know, 30 guys all in one room getting changed. I just don't see it happen for a long time. I really hope it does. As you said, man. You know, everyone likes something new I could only imagine a nice sunny day Stepping inside, watching in the summertime, that'd be the dream world
0: But I think it's a pipe team at this point If the NHL season Were to be cancelled That could mean the career of Craig Anderson Being over Would you like to see him come back? I know we talked about him earlier Being one of both of our favourite players of all time But is this the time for him to Maybe move on and retire Or at least for the Sens to move on From the soon to be 39 year old
1: that's a really good question man right uh, when you ask that, i think of in basketball Vince carter he had a very very long run obviously in the nba legend and he's in atlanta and he announced this season was gonna be his last one and he uh, played his last game from the virus like in the middle of the season no idea that's gonna be his last game and like now he's in that situation where, like do i come back for that last year to end up my terms or do i resign so i relate that back to anderson i think it's um I think it's really up to him, man. If he wants to end on his terms and go on one last real run at it, I think the Senators should have an open door. And I think I think fans would be loving to see him come back to that last haul. But it's up to him. I think if he's ready to leave and kind of just be, be off now and be done with things. But I wouldn't be surprised if that in him says, you know what, I want to leave on my terms. I want to come back. I want to play this out. And uh, end, up, end of my word."
0: That would be awesome for the Sens if he were to come back Because you never know what's going on next year with the Sens, of course that We don't know what's going on with the draft this year yeah. and if I think,
1: too, it would be like Just that one last hurrah with one of those legends We never really got to have with a lot of these guys, right? Heatley, obviously, on bad terms to Detroit Spent the trade Like I think just to have one of these really legends of our franchise Just kind of leave on his terms I think it would be really good
0: for the fan base. That's an original thought that I hadn't heard yet, so I like that perspective for Craig Anderson, of course. That would be awesome. And of course, there was an article by Bruce Garriott the other day saying that if this is it for Andy, retire his number two, and I couldn't agree more with that. And it would be awesome to see the fans be able to give him a sign of their appreciation next year.
1: For sure, man. Bruce Garrett, man. He's been doing it for a minute. I I always appreciate
0: his analysis. I love Bruce. I I would love to meet him one day. And of course, uh, he's really busy. But if I would ever have him on this podcast, that would be a a dream guest for me. But uh, there's not a whole lot going on right now. So maybe I could hit him up and get 15, 20 minutes of his time.
1: What was that segment? He's still in that segment in between uh, periods. It was like the um...
0: question period.
1: Yeah, and he just, I don't know, he was like a sun reporter or something. He just kind of rolled in, and he just, a minute
0: straight, just rambles. I love every year, one of my highlights for the sense season is uh, during their game before Christmas, him and uh, Brent Wallace will dress up in their favorite ugly Christmas sweaters, and uh, it's always hilarious to see Bruce dress up. He gets so into it. He's a great guy, too. I
1: can imagine, yeah. Really jolly, jolly fellow, for sure.
0: Yeah So talking about Next year We sort of Going towards The future now Is there a current Player in the Sens organization That you would Consider your favorite Well we are just
1: Talking I think it yes, We come The Anderson uh, Craig Anderson Podcast Because I was Going to say If he does return If there is Another season We continue this out and He returns to finish it off We're starting Another one in his terms or It has to Be Craig Anderson And if that's Not a case uh, We talked about Him earlier Bobby Ryan I mean that Comeback story battling those demons man I think it's just his entire life story you look back at his childhood you look at his his playing career I think it's just Bobby Ryan for sure I know not think Reece we talked earlier but Craig Anderson he comes back man Craig Anderson absolutely
0: but Bobby Ryan if not one of the bright spots for the Sens this year was the play of some of their younger players like Brady and Thomas Shabbat. are there any of the younger players in the team like either one of those or anybody else that have caught your eye
1: how oh, much you bought, Absolutely. I mean,
0: he always a very slick, slick defender
1: to watch. Very, very, very
0: good player. Uh, consistent. Just non-offensive in the area of the ice. Right, Chibab for sure. How do you what like? You oh, I love. Uh, that's you throwing it back on me like this, catching me off guard. But I do love Drake Batherson. Just the way that he came in and dominated. The AHL in his first year as a pro, and of course he he tried to get things going at the start of this year in Ottawa, get sent back down, and you think like what more does he have to do in the AHL to show that he's ready for the NHL? And like some young players, they would like be like, What do I gotta do? But he just went above and beyond and was just beasting and feasting on the competition in the AHL this year, and then he got a call back later on in the season and shown that he had improved. Leaps and bound From the game in October Against the Leafs And he Is the real deal So I'm excited to see What he can do If he gets a full season Up in Ottawa next year But the future Is bright with guys Like him to Chuck And Shabbat And also one guy I wanted to mention Josh Norris So lots of uh potential and I'm excited for the future. Of course, adding a couple top picks in this year's draft. It's looking like the future is bright for the Ottawa Senators. Of course the podcast being the unparalleled success you you think, you know, the playoffs you would love to see them make it in a year or two and see what they can do.
1: Absolutely. Another day that where you just talking that came to mind for me. Colin White, man. Colin White, I wonder if he's ever going to reach that kind of level of hype he had coming on of that 21 uh, first round pick in 2015. He's not getting any younger, but he's only 23.
0: If I recall correctly, and I would, love to get this in here, not only for this reason, but there's another reason, were you not at the game against the Devils when he scored his first career goal?
1: I think so. I think so. I also saw him at the the K-Rock Center playing for Team USA back in the juniors. I've seen him a couple times live, man. He's a very when he's playing well. He's especially when the World Juniors time, man. He was like he ran the ice. Like it was, it was his
0: show. The other reason I brought that game up was because that was the game that Alex Burroughs received the ten game or ten or twenty game suspension for kneeing Taylor oh, Hall I in love the head. That, that game. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was there live. I was there with my buddy Jeremy, man. As soon as you said that, I came right, right, right back, man. 100%. I remember when we were there and me and my buddy were going crazy because you had like six or seven knees coming down, this brother said. And we are just like looking at him, like, is this really happening right now? Some of those moments where just so pretty, you couldn't help yourself but laugh. It's just going to shake your head and I'm just like, oh, you just can't do that. You just can't do that, sis. <laughs>
0: Right on So now we're moving on To my favorite part of the podcast It's the Sens nostalgia we got lots of questions Like your favorite goal Favorite game of all time So we'll get into that And we'll relive some of our Favorite Senators memories I love it I love it If you could veto So maybe this one's not quite as positive As some of the other questions coming up But if you could veto One trade the Sens have done All time What trade would you undo?
1: This one is, oh man, that's at the top one for me. I okay, so I want to say Ben Bishop, but I can't really go with Ben Bishop because we were just talking about how good Craig Anderson's run has been, right? So we—it's not like we we're ever in the loss of a franchise goalie. I just think when you look at what Ben Bishop became, to think that we didn't get more in return, I think is a little, um, uh, little crazy. Obviously, he has, I mean, I'm not sure how well he's been playing after he had those two really good seasons for Tampa. But if you think that we just held him as the backup um, with Anderson, just held on for one more year, really got his value, and then trade him when he's at the peak of his value. I think. Um, I think we could have gotten a lot more. But uh, that's what I mean, I was going to go say like uh, ben Bishop, but it's just tough. We have a franchise goalie in Anderson, right? So it wasn't like we're ever lacking. It wasn't like a move that. Screwed us over that time. I think it's just one of those moves. When you look back with 2020 vision, you'll be like, well, I mean, he almost. I think he did. Did he what? win a Vesna or um, nominate for one? I mean, we
0: gotta get more return. Yeah, and sure. like you said, though, it's not like giving a- away Ben Bishop ever cost us anything. Like Ben Bishop would not have saved any of the past three seasons. We were so bad. No. Yeah and Craig Anderson played lights out in the 2017 playoffs so it's not like Ben Bishop would have gotten us past the Pittsburgh Penguins like it, it's not. possible but it's it's so tough to like hindsight you always look back and you never know
1: no, 100%. My point being is, like, if we're going to make that trade, I think we could have gotten a piece out of that trade that would have helped us kind of get past the Pittsburghs. It would have thought us to be a one. You know what I mean? Like, a good, solid third liner. A good, solid second liner. just a decent draft pick. Um, but I agree. That's what I mean. There's never a lack of fish. Uh, Anderson. I think we could have gotten a lot more from him, and that would have helped the team at the time. But what about you? What about a trade that comes to mind for you, brother? you so probably got a couple. Oh, the Savannah Jet trade. How did that not kill me? That one that, is an absolute. That has to be, in terms of just how well we would have him playing, and that's exactly what we need. Like that's what I mean. You could have traded a Ben Bishop type cat and gotten the guy back, like you know what I mean? Like I don't have a trade It's racked my head around. I just don't get
0: it, man. I don't get it. My number one trade. I, I don't understand how you can trade a guy who was at the time, like, we drafted him in 2011, traded him in 2016. So he's only 23 years old, and every year he had gotten better and improved, like, significantly. Like, he went from 1.9 games in his first season all the way to a 50 point player as a 23 year old. And then we just give him up for Derek Broussard, who was valuable for us for one year and he was already on the decline when we made the trade Like, sure Derek Broussard was a great player at the time but Mika Zibanejad, 23 years old and this year he led the NHL as a 26 year old in goals per game he was on pace for 59 goals, I get heated every time I think about this trade I guess, uh, it's one of
1: those moves where it's like you drop the line You got him, he played for Sweden, he had a game-winning goal in the gold medal game. Um, You stick it out, you play all those years, you know, you get him 23, and just when he's entering, just when he's starting to enter his prime, you're not in his prime, like, just when he's reaching the tip of where things are going, you let him go. And you bring in a player who's two years past, or two years past the prime, I mean, yeah, you can't help but get a little upset with them. I don't get it. I don't get it. when you do all the right things. You scout out the player. You draft the player. You train the player. You have those seasons where he develops. You play him with a lot of veteran players. And then just when he's kind of getting it together and connecting the dots, you, you give him to a veteran team. And a is a very good team with the Rangers, man. I don't get it at all. Once again, the same, same conference. I uh, a team you play a lot in the season. I don't get it. I don't get it at all I can't wrap my head around it and Ottawa always needs kind of a lethal sneaky score you know like I think that's why I like the tourists you just don't have those players that can just ah man yeah I agree
0: yeah, and Ottawa hasn't had a thirty-goal scorer in eight years since Milan McCulloch, So, and the fact that we gave up the second-round pick in that trade for a seventh, like we traded down five rounds just because the the Rangers paid Broussard's signing bonus, like that was absurd. And it was Pierre Dorian's first ever trade because that was the year that Brian Murray stepped down, and you can definitely see that. Uh, the general manager For the Rangers Glad to say they're just Absolutely feasting On the rookie Pier Dorian In that trade
1: well, I look at Bad trades you know? I always just try To be like Okay calm down fam. Like, like just see What he was seeing You know what I mean Like just sit From his perspective And like Break down how In his eyes It could have Benefited us And as said Man like We didn't win In the draft pick part of it We didn't win In the player Part of it You know, You gotta ask Was it personal issues between the janitor and the general manager i don't know man it's one of those deals like hopkins and o'brien Bill o'brien in football you break down that move and it's just logistically okay you forget teams you get players but just football logic how would you ever come up with a deal like that yeah i mean when i break down that sense deal it's the same thing it's like the only thing i could think about is he just didn't want him on the team i don't i don't know man and if you're going to trade a player that's entering their prime, that's been a winner since junior, I mean, you're going to have to get a little bit more than Broussard back.
0: Right on. Who is your favorite uh, sense coach of all time, and do you have like a favorite era that accompanies the coach, or are they separate for you? Uh, that's,
1: yeah, they're right on the dot, man. So, uh, 2014, 2015, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the switch between um, Paul McClain and Dave Cameron. That's correct. I believe that that was very the year before Paul McClane and the transfer into Dave Cameron is definitely my favorite time. And then the year preceding after that with Dave Cameron. But um I love the mustache of Paul McClane. I love this the uh, the heated the heatedness he the heatedness he could have but also at the same time you get all the goofy and funny. Um, I thought it was one of those coaches where it clearly just didn't work out but when it was working it was it was a lot of fun to watch. But Dave Cameron for sure. I loved how Dave Cameron kind of came up the assistant. We didn't bring out a outsider in. We got the assistant as the head coach. He's one of those transfers that, in my eyes, man, that was some of the most fun I've had as a hockey fan ever. That season, where we pushed all the way back. Um, I forget where we were in February. Like a 9% chance to get into the playoffs. And, damn yeah, it, that was definitely my favorite era prize. 2014, 15, 15, 16, Dave Cameron to the Palm McLean transfer.
0: What's your favorite Sens game of all time?
1: Oh man. Any one of those games in the last kind of stretch there leading into the playoffs when they only had nine percent chance of making it in February or whatever the statistic was. Any one of those games, I, I remember we were going to Western conference runs, the Western conference trips, and we need to win all four games and we win all four sneaking out with victories over the San Jose Sharks and Kings. Um yeah, there's the one game I couldn't tell you but that entire run it's really really a lot of fun for you to watch uh, and then I think obviously just kind of the first game I went to being so captivated in them against the Capitals so would have to be one for sure and then there's another game that comes to mind that I want you to see live it was the Senators against the Oilers and in this game me and my dad were driving up in the 4 uh, four oh one close down and they drive up so we got stuck on the highway we rolled in like halfway through the second we're super bummed down and they were down and then a couple goals. Like, ah so they just get this last half of the game. They storm back, push it to overtime, overtime is electric and it goes to like a deep into the shootout. Like where you get like the boys, you know, the second third liners out there. It was uh it was a really good one. We won in the shootout. I forget the player. I think actually it actually might have been Milan about to goal. no, it could have been because it was later on. Um, but yeah, it was a very. That game is probably up there for me too. Just because you didn't know if I was gonna make it, right? We were stuck in the traffic for so long. We we're like, okay, let's kind of call it a quick. And you get there, and then it goes to overtime, and you win the deep shootout, I mean, it doesn't get better than that of a young kid. You
0: have any favorite sense goals of all time?
1: I don't know, but Maybe say a couple of yours. Kind of tweaks some memory story, but no. In terms of just singular games or goals, I'm drawing a
0: I always talk about uh, the Mark Stone goal against Pittsburgh as my favorite of all time, but uh, I talk about that one every episode. So I'll switch it up and say <laughs> Matt Carkner in the triple overtime against Pittsburgh in 2010 to save the season was just such a oh, yes, such yes. a relief when that went in. Yeah,
1: you because know, it's a grueling game, and just unlike the heroes too. You know, the old Carkner, 39, tremendous.
0: I love the rivalry the Sens have had against the Penguins like it's funny how many times they've met like all the the way that the NHL reformatted the playoffs they're like yeah we don't have any rivalries we're gonna do this to, to fix things up and get more playoff rivalries and uh, there hasn't really been too much success like Boston and Toronto they just play each other every year Is the but, uh, but Pittsburgh and Ottawa No matter the format They always find a way To play each other In the playoffs Once every couple of years And it's it's always Heated and intense And I It's always Like even now that Even though Ottawa's A basement team And Pittsburgh's always Contending for the cup I always look forward To getting my For the Sens Getting their asses Kicked by Pittsburgh Just because You never know No absolutely
1: The um, Sens against the Habs Too are very exciting In the playoffs But Pens absolutely did I agree. I think it's kind of weird. Like, the Leafs and the Senators, I think it's a pretty overrated rivalry. Like, all the games I watch, the most intense kind of heated plays have been Sens and Montreal, Sens and Pens, and Sens and Rangers.
0: It's tough with Ottawa and Toronto because neither of the teams have been competitive at the same time in, like, 15 years, so...
1: Always blow up. you know it, 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 the sense blown a
0: majority of the time it's the least and it's always the team that you wouldn't expect to win like if Ottawa is in a playoff spot and Toronto's going for the top draft pick then Toronto won't get the upset over Ottawa or right now Toronto's the playoff team and Ottawa just sneaks up and catches them off guard it's, it's hilarious how unpredictable the rivalry is and how meaningless the games have been between the two teams for so long now
1: <laughs> oh, I know I know yeah I didn't know the big telling part about it is it's like, Ottawa hosts it, like it's all, it's not all, but majority of them are Toronto fans, and I think that's why it's so hit and miss, because even when Ottawa's home, it's like they're playing away, you know, like, it's just a weird atmosphere, you're in your home arena, but there's 17,000 drunk Toronto fans, you know, it's just a tough,
0: tough sell. I've only ever been to one Ottawa-Toronto game and Ottawa got the 4 nothing win and considering we've already talked about him so much I'll throw in another reference Andy gets the shutout in that game and while every other time the, like the Sens get a, a shutout victory the crowd would be awesome but I remember leaving that game it, it felt like a loss because there were so few people cheering for Ottawa that were actually excited about the win like it was just so quiet <laughs> filing out into the parking lot
1: Funeral. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, no, that's I Yeah, I, I would always not want to go to those games because it's just like, you, especially when I was a really big fan, man. They were, we would rarely win. I like, got not I'm a sense, man, but i say we got smacked by the Leafs for a good run there. But it's just these weird, like, 5 nothing games. And it's like, what is going on here? And you're in your home arena. And it's just, it just feels like, ah, oh, it's not Joy.
0: Do you have any favorite uh, pieces of Sen's memor- memorabilia that you own?
1: Yeah, I was like, I earlier, but I think that first uh, jersey I got my first game, that moment where we didn't have- I didn't know if we could get the jersey or not, but my dad kind of came in clutch with it. The uh, big crescent, you know, that little vintage logo back at 77. Um, I was, uh, yeah, 27, 28, whatever. I'm trying to think what the year was. Like, the first year we had those nice red jerseys. I think 2008, maybe I 2009. But, um, yeah, man, I did that burn in my jersey for sure. Um, if not that one, I remember I loved our stadium series. I think it was against the Canucks we played them against. It was those off-white vintage O jerseys that I was a huge fan of. And I was always uh, pleading a case for make those the home, the off-white O's, and then the dark, dark vintage, um, what the you make that the... Um, Right, make that the dark one at the home and the light uh,
0: off went one away. Right. But
1: yeah, those front pair jerseys.
0: And neither of those jerseys, you know, like they they didn't have a player on them or they were just the the jersey. Just the jersey. I don't think
1: I have any hockey ones
0: uh, with the name in the back. Yeah, like you said, they're so expensive and they they always get traded or signed anywhere else anyway. So.
1: Yeah, there for a while there, I just put um. White hockey tape,
0: eleven. Just two, two white lines on the back. I've got a a huge collection now. I just wait for them to come on sale. Like I, I'm in all the Facebook groups on like for the yard sales, and some people will sell jerseys like from like 2010. Like I've got a Columbus. Jeff Carter That I got for 20 bucks Like a few weeks ago So It's just awesome And I got a Yager Like a a Mid 90's Penguins Yager jersey So I love to To collect those things
1: No absolutely man Absolutely And you have a Crazy collection right now
0: Yeah like You you come into my Bedroom and it, It starts on the End of my bunk bed Goes all the way around I've got Six jerseys Hanging off Off of my My bed And then all the way around my wall, to the to around my TV, and all the way back around to the to the door right where the bunk bed is, so I've got like 23 jerseys hanging in my room and I'd have more, but the other ten are stuck in the closet because there's no more room. Yeah, sure. That's right. Yeah, have you ever met, uh, had the opportunity to meet any Sens players? Or if you haven't met a Sens player, have you met a celebrity, or you got any cool stories like that for us?
1: man, my experience with celebrities in terms of hockey is very slim. I don't think I've ever met um, uh, an active player, you know, in the, you know, I don't think I've ever met like a Bobby Ryan or a Dan Gopherson or a Jason Spencer. I remember the Cup came to the school. I saw it obviously there at um, the um, Hockey Hall of Fame. But no, never actually seen like, a hockey celebrity. Yeah. Like my dad, uh, one of his close friends, her daughters, are uh, they're together with Cody CC and Mark Stone, married. So I know both the wives of both those players, so that's probably the closest. I don't know them, but uh, my dad knows the ladies' daughters that so they are. So that's probably my closest connection to the centers, but both those players aren't on the center anymore. So.
0: Right, I know Haley Thompson is engaged to Mark Stone and her sister, like you mentioned, with Cody CC. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we talk more about uh, the cup that when it when it came to our elementary school? Because I've never talked about that on the show before, and that's that's actually a really cool story. If you want to talk more about that.
1: Yeah, man. So I'm not sure the details or, like what year it was, but uh, I remember I didn't get too close to it. I remember I kind of got there. Just when I was wrapping up, but uh, I, I think I got a picture of it, and I think it was just interesting to see that it came to in off I'm not even sure why I was there like there wasn't any player on that team that you know who won it that year that's what I'm trying to think like what summer
0: was that yeah it was 2012 so the Kings won and it was Alan McCauley who was a scout for them
1: oh that's that's it that's it 100% um, yeah man it's kind of crazy how he was able to pull that off eh uh, yeah obviously everybody on his franchise get the day with it so that's awesome they brought to to the school for everybody to see
0: like if I if like you were ever lucky enough to win a cup, what a what a day that would be to bring it to your hometown. Like obviously we're both from Gananoque, only five thousand people, and of the in, in history of the Gan Minor hockey, there's only been like five players that they have in the in the Gan rink in the Hall of Fame. Like Jay McClement is the most recent one, of course, but uh, to be able to bring that back to your hometown to your elementary school that's only like thirty steps away from my front door. So that was the coolest part about it for me was that the Stanley Cup was like a 100 meters from my house and then to like yeah. have a day with that on the St. Lawrence River was just uh, would have been amazing for him of course
1: no 100% I think it's not true it's not like kind of like a one in a million because there's like 5,000 people there but um and you're right man there's so few hockey players that kind of get out to that high level they just think that you know he's really good as a player but then yeah, the scout to bring him back to his home that's really special
0: and I always like to tell one story I've had the I've been lucky enough to meet quite a few people in the sense organization but one story I've never told that I think is the most hilarious is that I I don't know if you could call it that I met Eugene Melnick, but we were definitely in the same room as each other, and it was just him and I. I went to Ottawa last summer, they were hiring like sport brand ambassadors like for people that would go to the game and sort of encourage crowd involvement, and they were hiring people for that, and unfortunately I didn't get it because i'm from and they wanted people that would be able to do events during the summer like uh, they were going to have a draft party they were going to have like the hometown tour and so they needed people that would be able to be there every week throughout not only for the season but for the summer so i had to turn that down because i would have been driving back and forth like two three times a week to meet the criteria for them but uh, they were very friendly but while I was waiting for the interview downstairs at the Canadian Tire Centre, I wanted to be early because in case there was traffic on the drive up the 416, or if in case I got lost because I had only driven to the arena once before, so I left early yeah. enough that I, I got there about 45 minutes early, and I didn't want to be that guy to go in like 45 minutes early for my interview, <laughs> so I waited in the parking lot for about half an hour and then went downstairs like 15 minutes before go time, and they were like, oh! oh, yeah, the the other group's just finishing up before you, so if you want to have a seat, we'll be with you in, like, 10, 15 minutes. So I was like, okay, thank you very much. And I went over, had a seat, and, uh, like, five minutes later, this man walks down the stairs, and, like, I think nothing of it at first, and then he, like, starts wandering around. Anyone who's ever gone in gate two at the Canadian Tire Centre and gone downstairs, like, for our school trip, when we went to play hockey downstairs, like, we went down to the locker rooms, there's that foyer area. So there's a lot of empty space And he walks around that Like does two laps And just like And he's in his suit And I look up and I realize I'm like Oh my god, it's Eugene Melnick. Like, and I didn't want to, like, put my foot in the mouth because I've heard so many stories about Eugene and I, like, didn't want to say anything because I'm, like, if he doesn't like me or if he's in a foul mood, he's, like, gonna tell the people, like, right away, don't hire this kid. <laughs> yeah. So I just sort of oh, looked over at him and gave him the nod and he just sort of gave me the, don't fucking, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. Fair enough.
1: What the- Wow, what a disaster he is. What a Ugh. <laughs> oh. um, that's a good story, man. That's a, he's a funny guy. Do you remember when we that wrestling show? The one that I think it was our second one we went to. We got there so early, we were like, and there was no security there. And we were like, out, like the door between the door to the locker rooms it's like oh there's Steve Carino oh, there's this person just walking in and out you know? Mark Briscoe well yeah some yeah Mark Briscoe some guys would like sit down and talk I was just flying by not got a photo with Steve but that was my favorite moment there because you could see like different wrestlers before beating down the match they like, go shit over but yeah I know what you mean though you know you're not really supposed to come just in between two areas it's like the main waiting room with the, like, where all the guys are done you know
0: yeah like That's perfect for this story Like Anybody who listens that actually likes wrestling Of course that's one of the few things That you can watch right now That they're putting out new content every week But uh, like the fact that you and I Got to meet Steve Carino AJ Styles The Young Bucks And a handful of other wrestlers Is, is really yeah, cool Yeah I do like it
1: on a lot I, turn on the TV, like, I don't watch uh, modern I don't watch WWE now Or AEW But if I do turn it on It's a what's problem Almost everyone that matches me. I see a guy that
0: we saw in front of like three hundred people. And finally, which sends player to have worn number seven should episode seven of the Unparalleled Success podcast be named after? Uh,
1: Kyle Terrence came to mind right away for me. I'm not sure if there's uh Danny. i He was fifteen, I think. No, yeah, probably
0: uh, Kyle Terrence seven. So. Yeah, I was looking at the list and. Lots of players Like I sent you a list Of about ten players That have worn number seven But there was like Ten others Who have played Like maybe one or two years With the Sens But uh, Mark Lamb Randy Cunnyworth Joe Corvo Matt Cullen David Runblad, Kyle Turris, and Brady Tuchuk. So lots of notable number sevens in the history of Ottawa. But obviously, I, I, I'm going to go and agree with you that Kyle Turris, with multiple playoff overtime winners, he's the guy. So I'm looking forward to uh, Kyle Turris being the next episode of the Unparalleled Success podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Is he, um, how's he doing
1: the national
0: it was tough for him this year. He uh, had a down year last year with injuries, and then he looked amazing at the World Championships last year for Canada, along with like Mark Stone. He was lighting it up at the World Championships, and he started the year off relatively well. He had a highlight reel goal in the first week of the season, and then him and Pierre Laviolette started getting like some beef and was healthy Scratched a few times And then they had The coaching change So he had a, a Respectable season But he's not the player He was in Ottawa And uh, that's another player That I'm glad that we We moved on from him When we did Because him on the Six year six million Per contract Would be tough To stomach right now But uh, a Sens legend In his own right So Absolutely
1: I'm just going to check How old the guy is um, But yeah You're right Five, five, past Thirty New Year's So yeah it might be able to Turn around, man. But yeah That's tough when you still
0: get into personal troubles Alright Well thanks for coming On the show I always want to Give you the chance to tell the, For you to tell The listeners What projects you have got coming up And we talked about That at the start And uh, why don't you Tell them where They can follow you On social media What your handles are And you can uh... Uh, really, Thanks
1: so much For having me on First of all It was a blast Talking and catching up And going over Some uh, hockey things But yeah You can catch me On Instagram heartman uh, underscore 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 that's HRT man you can find me on Twitter I got a Facebook page uh, look out for videos man I've got a couple videos coming out soon new album in the works but yeah I was kind of sitting and working away all this quarantine uh, heals up so yeah keep driving for a new videos hit me up on Twitter Instagram you know the drill thank you for having me on bro thank you take care yeah, Peugeot
0: Peugeot Peugeot, Peugeot, Peugeot. First round pick, Mason Silverberg for Ryan, McCulloch, Kovalev, California Road Trips, Plalim, Hasek, Gerber, Carousel of Goalies. Buddy Robinson, Ben Harper, Bobby Ryan, Spartacat, Boro, Hoffman, LeBreton is a no go, Elliot, Anderson, Alex is back again. Dorian says we're a team, someday we will win the cup. We didn't start the rebuild. It was always brewing since 2009. We didn't start the rebuild. No, we didn't start it, but this time we've got it.